Blog Talk Radio. Contemporary faith 
to help black men and women included who love them to nurture the strength and power that is our own birthright. Uh, We have Jesse Jackson, uh, the president of the National Rainbow Coalition, who makes a comment about Mrs. Poussaint. He states that she is the first to offer a concrete path and process to spiritual, political, and economic power in a tradition that is familiar with us. So he thanks her and as a sister, as a daughter, and as a friend for writing this book. And Brother Naeem Akbar, the renowned author, uh, psychologist, uh, one of the books that I reviewed last year, I think it was, was a book titled The Psychology of Slavery. And he has many other books that he's published, and I look forward to sharing with uh, those books with you on the show in the future. He states that Sister Ayala has given us a first, if not a first, a sister's visionary prescription for the transformation of her brothers. And this prescription addresses the unique and special healing of black men, but it also speaks to the health of all men. So with that in mind, without any further ado, I'd just like to continue from where we left off last week, which is a very vibrant uh, uh, message that uh, Sister Ayala was conveying, and that being the aspect of being able to be honest with oneself. She states that not all too often, actually, uh, black men have been in a state of uh, of being dishonest with themselves and with the black women who were in their lives, uh, recognizing that black women were not willing to sacrifice those who lived in the in defensive action on their behalf during the times of slavery. The black man's acting to protect his family was known to be fatal. Black women lied about being in pain and being exhausted. They lied about being raped and who had done it. They lied to themselves, telling themselves that they did not matter and that they somehow deserved whatever they got. And these memories and their effects are still alive in the cells of black women's bodies today. They are particularly devastating when they play out in our personal relationships. Dishonesty is a tool that black men use whenever their physical or emotional safety is at risk. Telling people what they want to hear or need to hear appears to give the black man control over his well-being. Dishonesty as a learned behavior and ancestral memory is the way black men today suppress their needs and fulfill the needs of others. Withholding information or altering facts to avoid confrontation is dishonesty. It is what our ancestors did to avoid being beaten, lynched, and denied the things that they needed to survive. While this behavior appears to be an accepted standard among black men today, it is not always a conscious choice, for black men will often lie even when he does not want to or need to. The ancestral memory of truth being deadly surges to the consciousness when you are not aware of it. When he senses danger, the warrior will hide and prepare to attack. The hunter will stalk. The king will order capture and to destruct everything that one finds. 
When you cannot act on your own inherent nature, the instinct is to lie in order to survive. And unfortunately, this behavior is inappropriate within the context of today's society. Dishonesty is no longer an acceptable means of emotional and physical survival. To be emotionally vulnerable is a difficult experience for anyone. It seems particularly difficult for many black men to feel safe enough to express their true feelings or thoughts in their interpersonal relationships. And some men believe the truth will hurt the woman and she in turn will in some way hurt him. So we have a history of emotional pain and abuse with black women being used as the mechanism by which she, her pain was inflicted and has had a devastating effect and impact on black men. It is natural for a man and a woman to be attracted to each other. And Ayana states that they are universally complementary. There is a natural emotional intensity. The attraction is often silent and intangible. Yet when a woman evolves uh, feelings that the man's brain cannot interpret, he becomes frightened. And once again, he is not in control. And when a black man is emotionally challenged and uncomfortable, he may resort to dishonesty to protect himself. And as it operates under these conditions, dishonesty is a defense mechanism, and black men have been conditioned to use to protect themselves and their sense of emotional balance and self-control. And, you know, I have something to share. Spirit just uh, spoke to me as I was reading this, and that is that many black men and women in the Western hemisphere, in the Western society, are not aware, they're not cognizant of the fact that there's a phenomenon, a phenomenon, a metaphysical phenomenon, which is called reincarnation, and that this is not the first time that we're experiencing uh, this, this experience on this earth plane, which in some schools of thought say that this is a, uh, an opportunity when we come back time and time again to learn uh, how to heal ourselves, to go through processes of healing, to deal with a process of transformation to continue from where we left off in our previous lifetime. But then there's this, this saying of connecting with one's soulmate where, you know, using the analogy again of fish being at sea or a seal going to, a, to the shore in the Antarctic and there are hundreds of thousands of seals or birds going to a nesting area where there are hundreds of thousands of birds, where the, the baby, as it were, makes a sound, and the mother instinctively hears that sound, and the baby is able to go through the, the, uh, the crowd of other animals and, and find the mother, and the mother finds the child. So too is the aspect of souls who at one time had a relationship with each other in a previous life. And we are able to find one another. Indeed, today with the phenomenon of the Internet, you know, we have the technology, which even makes it even more easier, as it were. And somehow or other, 
we go to a party, we go to a funeral, we go to a wedding, we go to some occasion across the seas, if, if it were, and there she is or there he is. And there's this connection. Or sometimes we're born into the same neighborhood, the same community. And that's by divine order. That's by the Most High. That's arranged by our angels, by our guardians. So there's this whole area, this whole sphere of awareness and consciousness which many of us, as I mentioned earlier, are not aware of. But then now it makes sense where a man can connect with his significant other, with another woman, and she's able to sense his energy. She's able to perceive who he is, almost appear to be able to read his thoughts. No, she's not reading his thoughts. She's being reminded, even unconsciously, of who that soul was in a previous relationship, in a previous lifetime. So now, that person, man or woman, in this case we're talking about men, they're being approached by this lady who says, like, no in certain terms, I know that you're lying. I know that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I know who you are and what have you. And what does he say? My God, I need to back up from this. He becomes fearful because he hasn't been educated in terms of African tradition, of, of laws that are applicable to the African tradition, to the African ritual, regardless of what part of Africa we're talking about, regardless of what country in Africa, of what tribe in what community in Africa. These things were understood, were known. And that's why when a baby was born, there was a divination done to ascertain who that child, who, what, well, which soul was coming in again through the womb of its mother back to this earth plane. And what name should we give it? What assignment should we give it? What is its purpose? All of these things are what is natural, the, uh, uh, what, what occurs naturally within the village, within a healthy African village. And indeed, we have a splinted, uh, we have splinted villages with, here in the Western Hemisphere, specifically here in the United States, because that's where both of us, uh, myself and Ayana Fassat, uh, were born. And I happen to have a, a proclivity for her because of that, as well as my wife. She was born here in the United States. And uh, Ayana was born here in Brooklyn. So she comes, you know, using Brooklyn as a village, using that analogy. I was born in Virginia. But I meet many people here in New York City, particularly Brooklyn, New York, who come from Virginia. So I just, not to digress any further, I just wanted to just share those thoughts in terms of the metaphysical reality. And that can perhaps under, uh, make clear some of the things that um, we've thought about, you know, ourselves without even reading a book such as The Spirit of a Man, but also as we are now um, sharing the words of Yana Fassant as she uh, wrote this book, The Spirit of a Man, and her take on what are the problems within our community, what are the problems within the relationships between black men and women. So please stay tuned. I'll be back with you in a moment. And
we will going we will continue with uh, where we left off regarding the uh, black man being in a state of not trusting his significant other. Ayana goes on to state that there is a natural emotional intensity with regard to the attraction between the black man and his woman. It is a very silent and intangible type of uh, emotional um, attraction. Yet when a woman evolves and her feelings are shared that the man's brain cannot, you know, interpret and understand, he becomes frightened, as I mentioned earlier. And once again, he is not in control. So when a black man is emotionally challenged or uncomfortable, he may resort to dishonesty to protect himself. And as it operates under these conditions, dishonesty is the defense mechanisms that black men have been conditioned to use to protect their sense of emotional balance and self-control. So we know that when a person is dishonest, alarms seems to go off in the mind when something does not ring true, and black women know when their mates are being dishonest, as I mentioned earlier. And this knowledge creates a, a conflict between honoring what we know and challenging the man and, and the lie that he, that he displays or that he shares with us. Our history has taught us that if we challenge you, someone is going to be hurt or killed. In his response, we dishonor ourselves by telling ourselves we believe what you are serving. We believe what you are saying. And then we become angry and resentful of you. And in some cases, we want to and we try to believe you. We ignore our own intuition because we, as women, can survive. The questions we ask, the actions that we take based on what we feel and know often challenge you anyway. And you realize that you could be found out. We are afraid to speak, afraid of losing you, and afraid of inciting you to take action. Two frightened, dishonest people will often do and say things to reveal what they tell themselves they want to hide. They both become guarded. They both become suspicious. They are both dishonest about what is really going on. And eventually, in relationships built on this kind of fear and dishonesty, communication, trust, and respect erode. The partners become alienated. So black men remember being used for breeding, and unconsciously they remember not being allowed to choose their mates or develop emotional attachments. So today this memory seems to surface as your ability to become uh, involved with several women without emotional commitment. It seems that some men sleep around because they have nothing else to do, and others do it to avoid commitment without denying themselves the benefit of companionship. Commitment to a relationship would mean an exchange of emotion and intimacy and a level of unconditional honesty that you have been conditioned to fear. So physical involvement enables you to enjoy the advantage of the relationship without the emotional risk. Physical companionship without the emotional or the spiritual commitment requires only a little time and a great deal of dishonesty. You must tell yourself that it is okay. I believe that you are totally unaware of the influence of your ancestral past, as I mentioned earlier. 
and the matter in which it affects the choices that you make about your relationships today, Ayana goes on to say. She also continues by saying that black women have an unconscious memory of being breeders and of having sex with men with whom they had no emotional commitment. And from these men, they could ask for or expect nothing. Master would take care of the children and provide for her if she was a quiet victim and a good hard worker. The black woman bore, the black woman, the children that she bore, were a reflection of their circumstances. They had no choice but to love and care for them while they told themselves they cared nothing for the father. So we go on today, even when a black woman can see through or feel through the dishonest intentions of a man, she remains silent. She tells herself it does not matter or it will get better. If companionship is the goal and she is not really ready to end the relationship, a black woman will deny her feelings and accept dishonesty in order to keep the man in her life. And unfortunately, the only service to reinforce her anger toward the lack of trust in black men. Moreover, it further enables the man to remain emotional dysfunction or remain in a state of emotional dysfunction. Again, my, my mind goes to areas of me being able to uh, think of friends of mine my age who have been playing this game for many years who are afraid of getting married. And uh, I'm happily married, and, you know, our marriage has its ups and downs, but it has more ups than downs because of the fact that I know I attempt to be honest with my wife as much as I possibly can. And if I do deviate from any truth, I'm willing to admit it, and I think that she, she recognizes that. She just looked at me, and her eyes are, like, wide open <laughs> and just. And um, I think that I'm, I'm doing pretty well, all things considered, you know, uh, I think by reading books such as this, what this does, it gives one aha moments because, you know, we all have uh, a, a, a shadow in our life. We all have those areas in our life which we care not to share with not only just our wives but our friends, our parents, our siblings. And, you know, it's just something that we and the Most High have to do with in terms of the personal relationship you have with God. And as we get older, we hope that, indeed, that fear begins to subside so that you can become healed and you can become a whole person so that your spirit can come to surface. And by your spirit come to the surface, you're able to uh, find your purpose for being here and to be able to hopefully live out your purpose and be a positive contribution to mankind if indeed to your family and to your community. So I'm just so happy that Spirit led me to purchase this book. Um, and I always, when I walk into a bookstore or the library, but it's mostly bookstores that I walk into, and I let Spirit direct me to a direction, and then I go into that area and I let Spirit take me to the books that I need to read or consider reading. And this book here, I, I just you know could not help but say, Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, directing me to this book by Sister Ayanla Asant. 
book titled The Spirit of a Man. So uh, I do encourage you to share this uh, book with others in your your family and your circle of influence. Uh, The book is available on my website. Just go to www.drumsofchange.com. I repeat, that's www.drumsofchange.com. And I have a bookstore on the site. Just push on that link, and you will be able to purchase Spirit of a Man. And I must say also, some of the books that are being sold there, uh, some are used, and but in excellent condition, so you might not even have to play, uh, pay the uh, suggested retail price. And some books uh, are as inexpensive as $5, even down to a dollar, and you just have to pay for the shipping and handling. So, again, once again, thank you for tuning in this evening. I would just like to not end yet. I wanted to just read a, a, a couple more paragraphs that I think would be of interest. Uh, you know, Yana states that her mother knew her father had another woman when he left home Tuesdays in a pink shirt and came home Friday in a blue shirt. She should have been suspicious, but she says that she wasn't. This is Ayana speaking about her mother. But when he left in the morning in the jacket and came home that night in a coat, she should have asked him some very provocative questions, but she did not. And the day he left home riding the bus and came home in a car registered to a woman's name, she should have packed her bags and left. Instead, she washed his laundry, cooked his dinner, and then slept with him and probably made love to him and suffered 13 years of hypertension. She had to keep the family together, and she knew that to challenge him would have meant the disruption of the family. To challenge him would have made him angry. To challenge him would have forced him to take an emotional risk, which she knew would probably drive him away forever, and she would not risk that. Instead, she denied herself. So very often, slaves were afraid to reveal the true nature of their relationships for fear that they would be sold away from one another. And dishonesty and hiding were the ways that they saved themselves. A wife knew her husband could be ordered at any time to mate with another woman. She did not like it because she had to accept it. And today, black women often accept behavior from men that they do not want or like. So I I will end there, and I will continue next week um, from this very um, provocative um, uh, story that Ayana shares about the dynamic relationships between husband and wife as it has carried forward from some 400 years ago to present day in terms of honesty and dishonesty, what should not be acceptable. Again, I thank you for tuning in. And as always, I end by giving thanks to all listeners in the chat room and participants. I give uh, thanks to my dear sister for tuning in. And I send my wife and I both send her love and blessings, healing blessings. Dear God, we give this evening to you, and may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be...
As we begin this week, we open to receive you. We ask that you please enter where you already abide, and may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening. We ask only that they serve you and the healing of the world. And may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. Make us the people that you would have us be. And we thank you, O Lord, for this blessing. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, etepu, all my relations, peace and love, and have a blessed weekend.